Pastor Chach share with you guys, and as we alluded to last week, this word breakthrough has been driving us for the last several months here at 1910. And we are praying for, for a breakthrough individually in your life and, and a breakthrough in the life of, of this church. And a breakthrough is needed whenever we kind of hit a ceiling, whenever we kind of hit a wall and, 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 and we desire to get to a new level or, or something new to, to change, but we just keep running up against something. Uh, we believe that that breakthrough can happen, and breakthrough will happen as we continue to lift high the name of Jesus. And so you probably already picked up on that this morning, that the, all the songs we sang about today were, were about Jesus and lifting up the name of Jesus, and your name is life, your name is hope inside me, your name is greater, and Jesus is better. Right? We, we just believe that Jesus is capable of doing anything. How many else, anybody else believe that? Awesome. Three, three people. I love that. So we're, the three of us can change things. I love that. But listen, breakthrough will happen as we continue to lift high the name of Jesus. And last Sunday, we challenged you to maybe, hey, what is an area, how many of you right now, let's be honest, don't you lie while we're in church, right? How many of you be honest, you know, there is an area of breakthrough that I need to happen in my life. I'm gonna get to it all over, all over. This is more hands than the other two services. I like this. These are people with issues in this service. I love that. And so, yeah. We all have issues. Look at your neighbor right now and just say, you are jacked up. Just tell them right now, just so we all know that we're all messed up, right? But listen, listen, here, here's what we, we're, we're, we encourage you to maybe write that area on a piece of paper, a note card, or if you need a whole book, write it down and, and place that somewhere where you will have the opportunity to see that on a continual basis. And here's what we want to encourage you to do. During that series, Under God, when I was out, Pastor Chase Courtney preached a sermon, and, and he used the illustration about praying persistently. And, and it was the illustration of, of when the enemy were storming the castle and how the people inside the castle would lock the front doors and kind of put the big beam in there to keep the enemy from advancing. And the enemy would always grab some sort of implement or tool, and they would boom, Boom, keep pounding that, that, that door. And in and, and the first few times, that door was formidable and it wouldn't move or budge and the, the people inside were safe. But over the course of them being persistent and to continue to pound that door, we've seen it. The, 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 the castle door opens and falls and the enemy invades and what have you. So here's what we believe. Our call is to continue to pound through prayer whatever this area is that we need to break through in. And as we are persistent and faithful in, in pounding and pursuing God with that, as we continue to lift high the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, breakthrough will happen in your life. Isn't that awesome? That's good. We could just leave right now. But there's a good word that don't leave. So breakthrough. We're praying for that in your life this year and uh, excited to see what God is going to do. As Pastor Chach alluded to, I am going to preach a sermon that, that was, was prepared for that October-November time in our church. We were in a series called Under God, and it was a series that, that, that basically said this, that we are a people created by God, and as long as we live under the authority of God, we will be blessed. You know that, right? Have you ever tried to do, have you ever tried to do anything outside the authority of God? or from outside the umbrella of, of his authority, things might be rocking and rolling along good for you for a brief moment of time, but when you walk outside the authority of God, man, curse and, 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 and dysfunction soon come your way, calamity, right? And uh, during that series, I, I was gonna preach this message 
Um, and I'm not saying that it wasn't ready, and, and God, but God just had a bigger plan. And so as Pastor, as Pastor Chacha alluded to earlier, th- this message has kind of been, it's been simmering. It's, it's been seasoning like an aged cheddar. Or as Pastor Chach with his issues would like to say, a fine wine, okay? For the rest of us, a sweet tea. Long Island, right? Sounds delicious about right now. But anyway, I digress. Focus. Um, this has kind of been simmering in, in, in season. I, I read a book years ago uh, uh, about Abraham Lincoln. You know, he was one of our presidents. And uh, I read a book, uh, it's called Lincoln on Leadership. I don't know if you read, anybody read? Uh, we want you to read God's Word, but this is another great book for any of you in, in a leadership position, Lincoln on Leadership. And, and it recalls a, a time when, 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 when Lincoln had a, uh, someone that he needed to address, an insubordinate or somebody who had kind of wandered off or, or, or not fulfilling their role or duty. He, he, would, he would sit down at his desk and he would pen a letter. He would write a letter. Do you remember writing letters with a pen, a pluma? You remember that? Lapis, you remember that? We write a letter with, I'm so, I go to Guatemala and I've learned some things. And uh, he would write a letter and he would let us sit there. But how many of you, Lincoln was like some of us, how many of you in the heat of the moment have written or said something that later you regretted? Yeah. How many of you have done that already this morning? Let me see your hands. You know, we have cameras that are focusing on the audience this morning, so... Uh, Lincoln would write that, but, but he, he was such a great leader that he understood that in, in the heat of his frustration that sometimes he would say the thing that was probably inappropriate or probably not the best thing to say, as some of us have, have come to understand. So he would write this letter, and he'd put it on the corner of his desk, and he would let it just kind of simmer. He'd let it sit there, and at just the right time, over the course of his emotions changing or sleeping or his wife getting on to him and reminding him of who he was and how he was supposed to leave, he would go back and readjust that and rewrite the letter. They didn't have liquid paper back in the day, so he'd probably have to rewrite the whole letter. Um, and, and, and when the time was right, when that letter had seasoned and cured, he would send it for delivery. That sermon's kind of been doing this. And, uh, and, and, and I, 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 I questioned and asked the staff several weeks ago, I said, guys, I really have this sermon that, that I think needs to be delivered. And, and in fact, this morning, I, I texted the team and, and, and I said, hey, guys, I said, listen, I said, I believe that today can be a turning point in the life of this church from this sermon. And so I've already preached it twice and I'm still jacked up. You should have seen Pastor Howard in between. He was a babbling baby. He was crying like a little girl. Um, but this, this, is, this can be a turning point for, for you today. I want to preach today on prayer that releases the miraculous. Prayer that releases the miraculous. Now, I'm going to give you the main point and, and the goal of where I'm, I'm taking us today. I'm going to give it to you from the very beginning. And so, if you want to go ahead and take a picture of this and leave, you're welcome to, and you'll kind of get the gist of the sermon. But, but I want to encourage you to stick around because there's some good stuff I think God wants to share today. And, and here's what I want us to see in our journey together. A prayer has the power to potentially change any situation, even the most challenging ones, in miraculous ways. How many of you, if you were honest with yourself right now, this is the 8th of January. We're not even far into the year. Is this the 8th or 7th? 8th. Uh, but, but how many of you right now say, you know what? I am already facing something that to me 
seems insurmountable. It's a challenge. There's a difficulty that I'm in the midst of right now. I, maybe it's bleak. I don't see any, any, any outcome yet. Uh, it's going to be ugly, and, and I'm just facing something formidable. Anybody? Let me see your hands. Just raise, it's okay. It's okay to raise those up. Yeah, right? Okay. Um, I, I want you to, to hang in there. Go back to that screen if I can, because I, I really believe that a prayer has the power to, to potentially change whatever you're facing this morning, whatever lies in your future. Listen, 2017 is going to be filled with opportunities. I like to call them opportunities, not challenges. I like to call them opportunities. You know why? Because I believe that we have the potential of seeing God do miracles in the midst of those. Some possibilities. And, and, and I also like the thought of what Scripture reminds us, that with God all things are, are possible, right? How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that? So some of us raised our hands saying we've got something we're facing, a challenge, an obstacle before us, maybe professionally, maybe financially, maybe relationally, maybe from a health perspective. But listen, I want you to know that prayer has the power to potentially change the outcome. Amen? And so can we just, let's just dive into this and let's just say, I, I just believe that and many of you do. But, but, but let me ask you, how often, so many times we pray prayers that, 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 seem to contradict this statement. We, 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 we pray in ways that we really don't believe that, that, that God will step in into our reality. And, and, and baby, this situation might just be too big for God. And, and sometimes I, I think that we pray and we really don't believe that God's going to answer us. Maybe he hears us, but I, I really don't know if God can do this or if he's going to answer us. Maybe you're here today and you've had that thought at some point in your life. I'm glad you're here because I want you to know the Bible declares that God often responds powerfully to a prayer of a faithful person. And just as Pastor Chase reminded us this fall about being persistent and for us to keep pounding, maybe for someone here today, you, you're facing something and maybe here's just a keep pounding. You keep praying. And, and also, you keep believing that God's going to intervene and step into that situation. Your reality and something miraculous can happen. You've sought counsel from people. You've read self-help books. You, you've bought into formulas and gimmicks, and nothing's working. I'm telling you, you keep pounding, you keep believing, and I believe that a miracle-working God wants to step into your reality and change an outcome. Isn't that good news? That's good news. But oftentimes, we don't pray believing. Oftentimes, we, we, we see our situation as hopeless. From a stale marriage, maybe to a, a prolonged time of, of unemployment. And I want you to know that God has the power to change those situations. When you pray boldly and when you expect him to respond. In fact, the Bible is very clear that God's power is so great. God's power is so big that he can do anything, right? Let me ask you a question this morning. When was the last time, if we believe all that, when was the last time we prayed such a prayer that was so big that it truly required the supernatural work of God. Uh, I asked uh, one of our team members this week, Tim Jesco, that question. He and I were riding around through town. Tim is engaged to, to, to my daughter to get married. Man, he doesn't stand a chance riding along with the preacher. 
and his future father-in-law. I'm hammering that young man. You got to whip him into shape. Just kidding. Because Tim preached to me that day. I I said, hey, Tim, when's the last time you you prayed a prayer? I was kind of foaming the runway, testing him to see how you guys would respond. I later tested my, my two youth pastors, and they both flunked it. But I said, when... Uh, when was the last time you prayed such a prayer? And, 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 and I was waiting for him to answer. You know what that turkey did to me? He flipped it around to me. He said, well, Pastor Jason. I actually said, well, Jason, when's the last time you prayed a prayer so big? And I'm going, come, come on. That's not how this game works. You answer. I don't have to answer. I'm asking you, right? But it got me to thinking, when have I prayed such a prayer? Now, next Sunday, you're going to hear some stuff about what happened to me in five days in a neuro ICU unit and what happened there and some things that God showed me. I hope you'll, you'll come back. Uh, but when's the last time you prayed a prayer that was so big? Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, talks about BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. When's the last time you prayed a big, hairy, audacious prayer that was so big There was no way you could do it. There was no way you could work harder, uh, surround yourself with better counsel or more people or acquire more stuff or train harder work, but it just required a supernatural God to step in and make it happen. Can you think of a time like that in your life? Those are the types of prayers that I want to challenge us to begin praying. Now, listen, please hear my heart. There is no prayer that is too small, but sometimes I think we pray small prayers. For instance, we, we... I don't know if you've ever prayed. I've heard things like this. I've Googled it, and Wikipedia told me these types of prayers. Some of us pray, Lord, Lord, would you just bless this food that we're about to eat? Come on. Do, do we really think that God's not going to bless the food? You know, I mean, do, do we really not think it's going to nourish and strengthen us? I mean, just eating bread and water helps the body. You know that, right? Some, some of it helps too much, but mixing some fruit and fiber, it's really good for you. But, but, I mean, I'm not saying we shouldn't bless our food. Please hear my heart. This is not one of those moments I'm telling you, go take all the wise men from nativity scenes around Bernie. I'm not saying that. I never said that, by the way. Someone who's a guest going, what did he just, you got to listen to previous sermons. I, I, it's a mess. By the way, in our live streaming, we have a 10 second delay on the video. That's a good thing for me, right? Um, or, or, or Lord, just, Lord, would you just, Lord, thank you for, for waking me up today. Thank you for this day. God, just use me for your glory. I'm glad that we're acknowledging that, but God does want to use you for his glory. He woke you up, and there must be a plan and a purpose and something that he still has for you to accomplish, right? And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray things like that. Please hear my heart. But, but I'm just saying sometimes we, we spend so much of our prayer life praying small things, Versus, hey, Lord, um, I'm dealing with, I met a gentleman today that said, hey, I, uh, I, I battle brain cancer. And um, it was during the midst of being in the middle of brain cancer that I experienced and met God in a special way that I'd never known before. And it truly changed my life. He said, but laying in the midst of machines and testing and all of that, he was all I had. I said, bro, I can relate to that. When's the last time you prayed? for something big like that? When's the last time you prayed and for just something that was going to require a supernatural God? You see, I think sometimes we, we pray too small. God accepts any prayer. I mean, he's, he's always willing to meet us where we are. But, but, but if we pray expecting God to respond, 
I think oftentimes when we pray small, we're, we're limiting what we're inviting God to do in our lives. Listen, because God has already split the heavens through the blood of Jesus and he's given us access to, to all of his resources through prayer, we can live and we can work under an open heaven. Hey, do you remember the, the story of the crucifixion? Do you remember when Jesus breathed his last breath? Scripture says that there was something incredible that happened in the temple. Do you remember in temple worship, there used to be this big curtain, this kind of big wall that would divide what they would call the Holy of Holies from, from the place where, where all the other people could come into. And no one could ever go into the Holy of Holies except the priest. And after ritualistic preparation and cleansing and getting himself ready, he would go behind this big veil, this big curtain, and they, but they didn't know what would happen to him. They would oftentimes tie a rope around his waist so that if he was struck down dead, they at least could drag his body out. Okay? Do you remember what Scripture says that when Jesus breathed his last breath, do you remember what it says happened with this curtain, this veil in the temple? What happened to it? It was torn, right? From the floor, somebody ripped it all the way up to the top, right? No, it was torn from, from what? From top to bottom, meaning that there was no elf up there trying to, no, God tore, he rent open the, the curtain, he tore the curtain, symbolic of, hey, listen, my people or people now have access to a holy God. And with that, you know what that means? You and I have access to all the glory, all the resources of an incredible God in heaven. Is that not awesome? That we don't have to go through some ritual. We don't have to do some sort of song and dance in order to come into his presence. Look, we can enter in. And as I enter in as one of his children, oh man, there is so much of his glory that is awaiting me. You see, the glory of God is our inheritance as children of God. All of the resources, everything in his disposal is, is waiting for us. And as he doles it out, we are recipients of that. Aren't you thankful for that? Because of his work on the cross, because heaven is open, I can live in the glory. Now, when we talk about the glory of God, let me, let me just explain what you will find, how you will find that word used throughout the Bible. It, it, it's, it's actually used in several different ways. One, one example is uh, in Scripture when that word glory is found, it, it, re, it refers to, to honor and wealth and, and, and power. When it's used in that context, it's referring oftentimes to a king or, or to another person who, who is held in, in high esteem. But there's, a, there's another way that that word glory is used in Scripture. It's used to describe God's manifested or, or tangible presence. Say, say tangible. That word tangible means what? It's, okay, English. One, that word tangible means it's, it can be touched. We, we can reach out and, and touch it. Just grab your neighbor's leg right now and just touch their leg. Just squeeze it real quick. This is how horse eats corn, like your dad used to do back in right there, right? We, you, we can touch. When, when it talks about the glory of, of the Lord, God's manifested or tangible presence. And if, you, if, if we carefully examine this definition of glory, we, we will discover that, that it can be used to describe 
personal encounters that that people have in which God's presence moves out of, of a supernatural realm down into an earthly realm. Okay, go back to that curtain in the temple, being torn from top to bottom, giving us access, right? When we talk about the glory of the Lord, what that means is, is that people can experience his presence when, when things from a supernatural realm come down to those in an earthly reality. Oftentimes we experience that. That's experienced by people using one of our, our five natural senses, that being our, our sight, our hearing, our taste, our touch, or, or, or even smell. A am I saying that God can be experienced in this way? Yes. Yes. And uh, I'm just going to walk us through Scripture and show you that. You see, throughout scriptures, both in the Old and in the New Testaments, we, we find examples where, where ordinary people experienced God in these ways. For instance, in, in, in the Old Testament, there were approximately two million of God's people that saw his glory with their physical eyes. By, by day, he was a pillar of a cloud, and by night, he was a pillar of fire. This wasn't some mystical or, or emotional experience. These people actually saw a cloud by day. They, they actually saw fire by night. Can, can you imagine the kids that were born during the Exodus? I mean, these children who, who were born in the wilderness, they grew up never knowing that this manifested, visible revelation of the glory of the Lord was something that was not ordinary. To them, that was the norm. It was just the norm. Can, can you imagine little kids walking through the, 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 the Red Sea? You know, dry land. Ooh, water, water. To them, they didn't know what it meant. That was just the norm for them. Hey, look, oh, oh, there's a big, big fireball leading us. It was the norm. Wouldn't you like to, that to be the normal? Well, it's, in fact, when we, just me mentioning the word miracle, for some of us, we have so many different, different connotations of what that means, right? For, for some of us, it's, 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 it's foreign. It's antiquated. It's something of old. For some of us, it's something that, that, that we've experienced personally. For some of us, it's something that we, we long for. But for these children and these people, that was just the norm. Moses, their leader, saw and experienced the same holy fire when, when he stood before a burning bush. Do you remember that story? You probably colored pictures of it in vacation Bible school. Mom put it on her refrigerator, right? But, but you remember that, that, that in Exodus chapter 3, God is, is, is in the presence of a burning bush that is not being consumed. It's on fire. It's just not being consumed and burned up. And God spoke to Moses in this place and even told him, as it says in, in Exodus 3, verse 5, take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. You see, Moses saw the fire of God and experienced something of God's holiness, much like Isaiah did in the Bible. In fact, in verse 6, the very next verse in Exodus chapter 3, says that Moses covered his face because he was afraid to what? Look at God. So the children of Israel saw the manifested presence of the glory of the Lord, right? Moses saw the glory of the Lord. Another revelation of the glory of the Lord occurred at the day of Pentecost. This example involved many people, not just one, but many people hearing the sound of God's glory. 
as the Holy Spirit was poured out upon everyone that had gathered that day. In Acts chapter 2, it says, suddenly there was a, a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. Somebody that wrote this heard it. There was a sound. There was a sound. They heard it. It was like a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then they looked, or then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Listen, the miracles of Jesus were revelations of the glory of the Lord. Let me rewind that so you catch it. The miracles of Jesus were revelations of the glory of the Lord. Why? Well, because they were heavenly invasions that impacted people in ways that they could experience using their natural senses. Convinced yet? Say no, because I got more Bible. John chapter 2. John chapter 2. We find the story of the first miracle that Jesus performed. It was at a wedding in Cana where something terribly embarrassing happened for the host family. What was it? What happened? They ran out of wine. Yeah. It's a terrible thing, much like what many of you would still experience today if they ran out of... You know, a wedding's more fun when there's a lot of wine. I wouldn't know. But, but this was extremely embarrassing that day for, for these, this family. You see, wine was a big part of the celebration. It was a big part, and they drank enormous amounts of it to celebrate. The problem was that this house that they, they ran out before the party was over. Jesus' mother, whose name was Mary, came to her son and said, Hey, son, can you do something here? So Jesus commanded the, the servants to bring him, Scripture says, six large water pots. Each one of these water pots, pots capable of holding 20 to 30 gallons of water. And Jesus commanded these servants, hey, fill those with water. Scripture says they filled them to the brim. And when the master of that feast came and sampled that water to his utter amazement, say utter. Isn't that a fun word? It's utter. Utter. To his utter amazement, he was surprised to see that the water had been turned to the finest wine. This was the first miracle that Jesus performed. In fact, John recorded it this way. John says, the miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus, what did Jesus do? What does it say? Revealed his glory. This was the first time through this miracle that Jesus revealed his glory. And then what was the response of the disciples? They believed in him. Now, how much time had Jesus spent with them prior to this? I don't know. What kind of teachings or, or instruction had he given them? I don't know. But this scripture says that after this miracle, after, the, after he revealed his glory, the disciples believed in him. Listen, God's power flowed into the earth through those six pots of water that had been turned into the finest, most exquisite wine as a result of heavenly intervention. Acts chapter 4, we read about the account of the intercession of the early church as they prayed for more boldness to preach the gospel. They prayed that, 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 that they would see powerful signs and wonders performed. Now think about it, this, this thing called Christianity is just being birthed, it's new. And people are hearing stories, they, they may have caught 
caught wind of, of Jesus' tomb empty and whatever, the early church is gathered, Lord, would you give us a greater boldness? Although persecution is rampant all around us. You see, three chapters later, we would read about a martyr by the name of Stephen. But in Acts chapter 4, the early church is praying, Lord, give us a boldness to preach like never before. Lord, help us prove your glory by performing signs and wonders. And in Acts chapter 4, the Bible says, after they prayed this prayer, the meeting place what? shook that something tangible they felt it can't you just imagine all the scientific people there that day all the seismic plates must have shifted and there's some sort of volcanic activity under the no listen i'm telling you it was it was of god the holy spirit after they prayed this prayer the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the holy spirit then they preached the word of god with boldness wow when these people who had already been filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, when they prayed for the boldness to preach the gospel without compromise, Scripture says the glory filled the place with such power that even the physical building they were in where they had gathered, it was shaking. Woo! Talking, talk about heaven invading a house. That's powerful. Wouldn't you love to be a part of a prayer meeting like that? When have you been a part of a prayer meeting like that? Where you prayed with such boldness that, oh, the glory of the Lord showed up and shook the house. I want you to know something. For, for those of you that are new, I'm just going to let you know right now, I'm a little different. Some of you are going, we would never have thought I've been changed from the man I used to be. And I'm praying for prayer meetings like this. I'm tired of, of playing it safe. I, I'm tired of us just dancing around. the. I want us to call things out. And I want us to be specific. And I want us to pray believing that our God is able. He can do it. If he's done it in the past, he can do it today. He can. He can. I've experienced it, and I want more of it. They gathered, and the place was shaken. Man, the next chapter, Acts 5, 14 through 16, it gets better. We read about the, the measure of God's manifest glory that was resting upon a man by the name of Peter. So see, God, God sometimes uses people. Oh, did you hear that? Mm. God oftentimes uses people. And in God's grand plan of, for our culture today, do you understand that, yes, God can do whatever he can to reveal himself, but most of the time his plan involves working through people like you and me? You know that, right? Look what he did to this guy by the name of Peter in Acts chapter 5. It says, more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. Now remember, they've been praying, Lord, help us with signs and wonders. Reveal your glory, God, through these things. And he's doing it. And as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's what? His shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits. And then read the rest of it with me. And they were all healed. 
It's incredible for me to, to think that it is possible for a man to walk in such a measure of the manifest glory of God that no sickness, no demonic power would be able to stand in his presence. No way that just this man's shadow, the manifest glory of God all over Peter. Hey, do you think Peter woke up that morning and said, Dear Lord, thank you for waking me up today. Lord, would you please just use me today in some way? You know, that might have been his prayer. I don't know. I don't think Peter, had, hey, God, listen. Hey, here's what I think we ought to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach another fiery sermon. I'm just, if people gather, hey, let's just go out in the street. And, uh, hey, I'll give you the wink, God. And at that moment, just, whoo, just make it happen. Let my shadow just do its, No. Just think that again, I'm going to go back to where I started. Peter was a man that believed, and he kept pounding. He kept praying for more of the Spirit to fall upon him. Peter kept praying, Lord, oh, use us. Give us a boldness to preach. Lord, would you perform signs and wonders? And I bet he probably prayed, but Lord, and if you want to do it through me, do it, Lord, I'm yours. I completely surrender. And he prayed and was persistent and the glory of the Lord, heaven opened up on that brother. And many people were healed that day. Listen, by this definition, God in all of his splendor can and does move into the natural realm of our human existence where he can actually be experienced by people. Now listen, I'm not telling you to run out today and gather a group on Main Street and say, just get in my shadow and watch it happen. <laughs> but I believe that if God willed that and wanted to work through a person that way, he could. And I believe that that ought to be the posture of our heart and desire. That God, listen, whatever it takes for you to make yourself known in this culture today, Lord, would you make it happen? We believe you can do it. You see, the supernatural realm wants to invade this earthly reality. And he wants to do the miraculous. He wants to move and make himself known. Church, listen, through us, to us. Can, can, can you imagine if the early church would have just been content just to gather in the house and sing a few songs and hug one another and then go home and just do nothing as a result of that? We wouldn't read about Acts chapter 4 and the, earth, the, the building shaking. There would be no story about Peter in Acts 5. But no, they left knowing that their God was able to do something miraculous through them. And they prayed for that. And what did God do? He answered. He showed up and he did it. I believe that people everywhere long to be touched by God in a tangible way. When I was younger, I used to hear people, you know, pastors, youth pastors and things say, you're, you're the only Bible that some people may ever read. How many of you have heard that? Yeah, we've heard, and, and that's true. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but when you think about that, um, 
there's, there's, I, when I would hear, I, there's a lot of pressure. That's kind of a pressure statement, isn't it? I'm the only Bible. Oh, crap, I hope that I'm living in such a way that I show people who the Bible, who, what the Bible's all about, right? Well, what if, what if we were to, to think that we're the tangible expression of God here on earth? Wow. You, 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 you mean that God could, could work through me and people could get a clear picture as to who God is just through, through how I live and act and what I do? And perf- Absolutely. And I believe that our world longs for that. They're looking and they're longing for a tangible expression of God's glory. There is a lost and dying world that longs to see the gospel. Not just hear it, they want to see it. They want to experience the gospel. They want to be touched and they want to be healed by the gospel. They want to do more than just hear about it, church. A person who hears the gospel should should have an experience that needs an explanation. Not just an explanation of something that is in need of an experience. The gospel must be a life-altering encounter. This this manifestation of uh, of God's glory, this this God making his presence known, I'm telling you, is, is not just something that happened in biblical times. Right now, because of the prayers of God's people, because of faith being placed in his word, and because the declaration of the gospel is taking place in places like Guatemala and all around the world, I'm telling you, we're seeing God's glory manifested all around the world. Um, For me personally, I'll never forget when I saw it that I can trace it back for the very first time. Through your faithful giving of your tithes to this church, we are able to partner and do works in Guatemala. But another place that we're at work is in the country of Indonesia. Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. And can I just tell you something? Through your giving, we're about to plant a church over there. (laughs) You see, what causes the darkness to flee is for the light to come. Amen? I'll never forget my first trip to Indonesia. I think about seven years ago. Greg Lewis and I had gone to, to meet up with a missionary that we were supporting there, and we had been on a remote island leading a, a, a seminar on how to conduct home groups, small groups, and things like that. At the end of that conference, that seminar, one of the gentlemen said, hey, would you guys come to my house and pray over my mom? My mom is, is old, and she can't walk, and, and I want us to go pray prayers over her, lay our hands on her, and, 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 and pray for healing. Now, for, for somebody growing up in the Baptist world, that was an odd request. I like, okay, sure. And I'm the, I'm the American, right? And I'm supposed to be filled with the Spirit. And I'm going to go pray and lay hands on this lady. I remember walking into that little house that day, and sure enough, there was this little old lady sitting in a chair holding a cane. And I couldn't speak her language. And so through the interpreter, we began to tell her who we are, why we were there, and what we were about to do. I'll never forget us, the three of us, Greg Lewis, myself, and the missionary there, Donna Brown, going and laying our hands on this lady with her son, and we began praying. And um, I was, you know, praying, but I wasn't praying. You ever prayed, but not really prayed? But then the Lord just began to do a work. And I began to, be, I began to pray. 
And I begin to really call out and ask God to do something. Lord, this lady and her son want to be her legs to work as you intended for them to work. Lord, she's, you gave them to her at birth. And Lord, what the enemy is trying to steal and kill and destroy, Lord, we're praying against that. We're praying that life would come to these legs. And I begin to pray. I begin to get a little bit more bold. I, I begin to get louder. Because evidently, God works more when you're loud. But I begin to pray and just really press in and seek. And, 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 and just, I really believe that God was going to do it. And at the end of amen, we, we walked across the other end of the room and we took that old lady's cane from her. Who does that? Who takes an old lady's cane from her? Oh, criminal. He said, ma'am, get up and walk. And that little old lady stood up. She began to shuffle like Mrs. Howiggins. She began to shuffle across that room to her son, who on the other end is just crying right now. And I saw for the first time a manifestation of the glory of the Lord in a way that I never experienced before. I might have seen some miraculous things happen, but I'm telling you, I was in a different place and I was ready to receive it. And I'll never question or doubt it as a result of what happened that day on that island that God is more than able and capable of anything. I won't. Much like you're, you're going to hear it next week as well. Doc, you're here. My, my doctor, Dr. Ben Stahl's here. You're going to hear it next week as we tell our story, what we've seen. God, I'm telling you, folks. Listen, these stories that we read in Scripture, they're, they're not just some history lesson. It's not just something of old. It is something that still takes place today. And if we'll keep pounding, if we'll keep believing, if we'll keep praying and asking, God, I'm telling you, a supernatural God will step into this earth of reality and the miraculous will happen. Amen? Who's ready for that? Who's ready? Or, hey, we can just play it safe and we can just gather and sing some songs and, you know, do some great programming. No, I want to see the miraculous break out in this house. With God. The supernatural is natural. And the impossible is possible. How many of you believe that? And can I just remind you, can I just remind you that this thing called Christianity is intended to be a supernatural experience from the beginning to the end. Listen, your life should be a demonstration of God's power. That should be the norm for us. So I'm going to press in. I'm going to pray for the miraculous to happen. I want to encourage you to pray some big, hairy, audacious prayer that requires the supernatural work of God in order for it to accomplish. So for those of you, hey, sir, that mountain you're facing that seems insurmountable to you, I'm telling you, with God, all things are possible. Hey, ma'am, listen, that relationship issue and, and whatever you're facing, the feelings, maybe self-worth and how you view yourself, body image, whatever, I'm telling you, listen, with God, all things are possible. Those things can be shattered and destroyed. You can see yourself through his eyes. Hey, young person who's bought into the lie that you'll never amount to anything. You're too slow. You're too fast. You're not smart enough. You don't look right. You don't have friends. You know, you're, you're just a mess. I'm, I'm telling you, with God, all things are possible and your destiny can change today. We're going to pray believing prayers in this house in 1910, okay? We're going to pray believing prayers, or we're going to pray big, hairy, audacious prayers. I want to be a part of something that we're not capable of pulling off. And it requires God to do who's with me. 
Um, would you stand up? Let's stand up. We got to get out of here. Hungry horses calling. Amen. Praise Jesus. I'm going to ask our prayer ministry team to come and stand down here today. We, we love to conclude our services each and every weekend with just giving you an opportunity to be ministered to and encouraged and, and prayed over because a lot of times the sermon is crappy and it's not worth anything. So we really want other people to be able to serve you well. No, just get, But listen, this is, the, this is the highlight of our gatherings each and every Sunday. As our prayer ministry team stands here and at the end of the service are just available. Listen, for here, some of you here today, you know what the most miraculous thing that can happen in your life is? It's for you to surrender once and for all and say yes to Jesus Christ and let him be his, your Lord and Savior. You've been holding on to the will too long. You've been trying to make life happen and figure it out. I'm telling you, will you just give up today? Just surrender. Just give up. Yield yourself to this great God in heaven, this supernatural work. That's the greatest miracle for someone today. It needs to happen. For someone else in this room today, hey, maybe you're facing something that's a challenge, an obstacle. It's, 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 it's just a mess. And, and, and maybe we can just part of, hey, team, aren't y'all ready to pray with some people today? Aren't you ready just to pray with some? Greg Lewis is here, right here. Hey, you remember that story I told you about? Did I make it up? 100%. True, right there, 100%. Maybe we could just pray. We're ready to pray with you today. You're facing something, a difficulty. We would be honored to come alongside you. Doesn't Scripture say that two are better than one? That a band of three cannot be easily divided. Yeah, let's pray together. So I'm going to pray and dismiss us. And if this team can come alongside you and partner with you, we want to pound heaven's door with you. Lord Jesus, thank you for the reminder today that with God, all things are possible. And Lord, I'm praying for the person here today that's been operating in their flesh. They've been trying to make it happen on their own without you. Lord, it's futile. It is. It doesn't work that way. But God, you stand ready today to open up the heavens and shower down your glory, all of the resources that you have on a person today. And Lord, with you, with God is enough. God, I'm praying that today they would say yes to you, that they would allow you to take over. Father, I'm praying for big things to happen through this house, Lord. We do not have time to sit around and just do church any longer. We don't need to sing another song. We don't need to have a, a, another video. We don't. It's just time for us, the blood-bought, the redeemed, to go out and be a tangible expression of the glory of the Lord. And I'm praying that that would be us this week, all for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.